Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement-building show. We're very excited. As you see, we keep trying to expand and complexify the format to keep you off balance a little bit, keep you entertained, keep you engaged, and keep giving money to KPFK at 818-985-5735. And keep getting involved in Voices from the Frontlines because we need your help to get more listeners you can send us emails at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com and channing at thestrategycenter.org. Now, today's show is pretty exciting for us. The primary conversations can be about the amazing film Judas and the Black Messiah. It was directed uh, by Shaka King. It was written by Will Burson, Shaka King, and Kenneth Lucas. So... It stars Daniel Kaluuya, who some of you know from Get Out, but he's the most amazing Fred Hampton, truly embodies him. Lakeith Stanfield, who plays the police informer, Bill O'Neill. Some of you remember him from Sorry to Bother You by Boots Riley. Jesse Plemons, who you've, I knew from Friday Night Lights when I first saw him, who plays the most horrible white FBI agent, and Jesse, we know you are acting, or we hope you are. And Dominique Fishback, who plays Deborah Johnson, who's a very powerful member of the Black Panther Party, and there's some beautiful scenes between her and Fred Hampton about the kind of relationships that you have not been told existed inside the black movement between women and men. Amazing film, and we're going to be playing some selections from it. But the Strategy Center is always spinning off forms of organization. We have another thing called the Strategy and Soul Thursday Night Revolutionary Organizers Film and Book Club. And this is from our last event. If you're interested, you got to get on our email by going on to Voices from the Front Lines. If you register, you'll be getting all these announcements about the film club. You still have to register to get on to the, the actual film. So we showed Judas and the Black Messiah, and we had a wonderful conversation. You're going to hear some clips from it, and you're also going to hear some comments from Channing Martinez, myself, and several other people 
who are on the video cast. We're also very excited to have a new feature on Voices from the Frontlines uh, with Ernesto Arce, who m- many of you know as the former news director of KPFK. And we're very excited is, is, is starting to play a role as the news director, i say for the Strategy Center in general, and for our radio show Voices from the Frontlines. And his feature is going to be called South Central Third World News. So we got music, we have film, we have Channing Martinez, who is a voice from the front lines all the time. We have raising money for KPFK, 818-985-5735. Let's have a terrific show and tell your friends about it. I want to focus right now on the film, Judas and the Black Messiah, and its challenge to all of us. The first thing is, what is the Black Messiah? Why did they kill Fred Hampton? Why did the FBI, what did J. Edgar Hoover at the top, not some little FBI agent, but J. Edgar Hoover kill the Black Messiah? Because the whole concept of Black people is that they're an oppressed people. They're not a class. They're a nation. A nation is very hard to unify because we know there's Black very dark-skinned people and black, lighter-skinned people. We know there's black wealthier people and black very poor people. We know there are, or everyone is black is from Africa. Some are now coming directly from Africa and some are coming from the West Indies. And some have been in here since 1619 and have long, long roots in this country. Some are Republicans, some are conservatives. But they're all black. And in their heart, they know they come from slaves. In their heart, no matter what they say, they know the system has been cruel to them, mean to them, oppressive to them. So when Muhammad Ali gets up and says, I'm not going to fight against those brown-skinned people because no Viet Cong ever called me the N-word, a lot of black people said, no, fool. You know that heavyweight champion of the world this is the greatest country in the world. Go over and kill those people. But Muhammad Ali said no, and he moved the whole conversation to the left. When Martin Luther King said, I will not fight in Vietnam because the United States is the greatest purveyor of violence in the world, black people again were not all for him, but he moved the black nation to an anti-war position. When Malcolm got up and said, some of you are field slaves and some of you are house slaves and you have to decide which one you are, a lot of people laughed, but they thought, oh my God, he's saying really, I am a house slave and I don't want to be a house slave. I I see it. I got to be a field slave. So when Fred Hampton was talking to people, he was moving them politically. He was challenging them politically. He was not a popular person, meaning well-liked. He was popular, meaning deep ties to the people. That's what popular means, to the people. Fred loved the people, and the people loved him back. And then when I said he's a little too this, he's a little too that, but damn, that Fred Hampton is onto something, which is why the FBI had to kill him, because he's only 21. The second thing that the film does not show, and every film cannot do everything, But Fred Hampton was a brilliant tactician and strategist. 
it shows him just giving a speech to the young patriots who I knew and explained to them greatly in, in the clips from Ernesto Arce that you'll hear, talking to the white people about capitalism. But what you didn't know is he then sat down with them and talked them through that Confederate flag and talked through their racism, talked to them and moved them in his direction. Then he met with the young lords who were already great, but they kept moving in a more coherent direction. So he was a strategist. He was an agitator. He was a propagandist. He was a group builder, which is why you got to read my book, Playbook for Progressives, the 16 Qualities of a Successful Organizer, because Fred Hampton was all those things, which is why he had to be killed. The other thing that's very scary about the film is if the FBI wants to infiltrate you, they're going to. If the FBI wants to kill you in your bed, along with the Chicago police, they will. If the FBI wants to kill Martin Luther King by just telling any white person in the world, kill Martin Luther King, it doesn't matter which one actually ends up doing it. They put out essentially a reward, go kill King, go kill Malcolm. It's terrifying to me to see Fred Hampton's brilliance and yet the nefarious effectiveness of the FBI as agents of repression. So what does that mean about us? The first thing it means is that we have to build organizations. So the first organization we're building is KPFK, because you're listening to the show on KPFK. It's an organization. It wakes up in the morning. It turns on the lights, which cost money. It pays the bills, which cost money. It hires people, had pretty minimal salaries, but it still cost money. It needs a lot more money to open up better, stronger, buy better equipment. 818-985-5735, because we cannot fight the FBI, the CIA, the ruling class without KPFK. So call in 818-985-5735, and we have a phenomenal premium for those of you who can afford it. For $250, you can get the Paul Robeson four-DVD set, Portrait of an Artist, which I have at least two copies of, which means I, both my wife and I, Leanne, have bought it at least twice on these fun drives because it's a sensational portrait of a Black nationalist communist in the tradition of Fred Hampton, who also suffered like Fred Hampton. So consider getting the premium and if you have $10 or $25 or $50, um, send it in. If you send $100, you can get a copy of my book, Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of a Successful Organizer. So now we got KPFK. But then we also have the Labor Community Strategy Center, which is totally built on Fred's work of building a rainbow coalition, as well as built on Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition, but with a focusing on a Black Afrocentric base and moving there to a Black Latino United Front and moving that to a multiracial United Front against imperialism. So we need to support the Strategy Center, but you don't need to support it right now. You need to support it by supporting voices from the front lines, which is an important part of the Strategy Center. And you do that again by supporting KPFK, 818-985-5735. Then you support the Strategy and Soul 
revolutionary organizers film and book club, which you can only do by becoming a member of Voices from the Frontlines. You click on that site, voicesfromthefrontlines.com, and you register. Then you get an invitation, and you still have to register for the film. But just the other night, we saw the film in the film club, Judas and the Black Messiah. You're going to hear Barbara Lott Holland. You're going to hear Bonnie Coleman. You're going to hear Akuna Uka, and you hear other great people after the response. But first, you're going to hear Ernesto Arce, who's also coming on as the news director of South Central Third World News. He did a collage of the video clips of Judas and the Black Messiah, but you're hearing them as an audio, of course. But they come alive. He made really great choices to make the film come alive. So if you want to come alive, if you just do not want to be a bystander or a listener, as we call it, organizer-supported radio, listen to the show, listen to the news, listen to Monin, give money to KPFK, and get involved in the strategy center. That's our punchline, 818-985-5735. Voicesfromthefrontlines.com. Now let's listen to the film, and then let's listen to the people who saw the film in the film club. The only solution is the revolution. That's a statement that you hear at the beginning of the film a lot. Um, and, you know, I think one thing about the 60s is that they were really great at these catchy phrases. Um, so I've latched onto it so far already. Um, and so, you know, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is a great film directed by Shaka King and starring Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield and Dominique Fishback. And in my opinion, it's written to remind us of our revolutionary history and then can't catapult us into action by showing us a story that's still unavoidably relevant to today's movement. But when they're speaking about the only solution is the revolution, in my opinion, they're not talking about a postmodernist revolution and they're not talking about an I or a me revolution. They're talking about within, they may be talking about within the larger frame, a personal revolution because the revolution is personal. Go read Seven Components for Transformative Organizing by Eric Mann. Uh, transformative organizing transforms itself, transforms uh, the system itself, transforms the organizers and transforms everyone who participates in it. And that's an introduction of seven components to transformative organizing. And I think it's an important quote because it makes the point that they're making when they shout, the only solution is the revolution. And what they're saying is the revolution is a we revolution. It's a communal revolution and it's a social revolution. And if there's one lesson that I think we all can take away from tonight, it's that it's time for all of us to be transformed enough for us to move in the direction of we and reject the system's infiltrated message of me and I. So let's be clear. That does mean becoming a sustainer of the film club. That does mean joining us on Saturdays and canvassing in the Mert in South LA, in East LA. It means becoming a member of the Bus Rising Union. It means reaching out to everyone you know to recruit them into the movement 
and at the very least moving them to their most revolutionary selves. Um, and it means coming to nights like this to study and to take us all to the next level. You know, the wars between the revolution and the counter-revolution and infiltration doesn't necessarily look the way that it used to look. And it's so pervasive and so broad that if, for example, you're not spending a lot of time at the Stratton Soul Bookstore reading the words of Fannie Lou Hamer, Malcolm X, Angela Davis, Eric Mann, who we're grateful to have on the call with us, Dr. King, W.E.D. Du Bois, Asada Shakur, Harry Haywood, Claudia Jones, and many others, you'll find yourself agreeing with progressive elements in the system. So it's critical that you come to the Stratton Soul Bookstore and I'll see you Saturday between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., either this Saturday or next Saturday or some other Saturday. The other example, and I want to end with this, is that this week we just got a huge lump of data from the Metro. And it confirms to us that Black people, even after 2016 and even after Metro has been putting Black Lives Matter on the buses, are still 50 to 60% of tickets and we're being cited for things like having our feet on the seat and taking up one other seat or an extra seat. We're calling on them to implement free public transportation for all. No cops on, uh, all cops off the buses and trains immediately. Implementing an honor system now. Ending the racial profiling on Black passengers. And pass the bus riders union motion for free public transportation that begins with a $26 pass on the way to free. I think it's a pretty revolutionary program. Um, we're not arming ourselves as you'll see in Judas and the Black Messiah, but I do think that Fred Hampton would be proud of the work that we're doing. I am proud to introduce Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. I don't need no mic. Can y'all hear me? Yeah! So what? You think the students over there are going to be free now? Oh, they let you change the name of your college or your own name. Throw on a dashiki. Because guess what? They still going to drag your black ass to Vietnam to shoot a poor rice farmer get shot your damn self. Because the capitalist has one goal, and that is to exploit the people. He can have on a three-piece suit or dashiki because political power doesn't flow from the sleeve of a dashiki. Political power flows from the barrel of a gun. Give me the righteous stance of a Mozambican friendly more fighter. Give me, give me, give me an AK-47 or some bandoliers that they got in there go. Give me some Coke 45s or the folks that are trying to free themselves. The dashiki ain't gonna help you when they come up ahead with them tanks like they did in Henry Ho. You need tools, brother. We got the tools in 75th of Madison. Thanks, so, what can I do for you? Well, I wanna know what we can do for each other. Hmm. Y'all doing some great work mobilizing young brothers on the South Side? But we a part of national organization. Dedicated to the liberation of oppressed people everywhere. This nigga 
Got some million dollar words, don't it? There's over 5,000 crowns in Chicago. Between your manpower and the Panthers' political platform, we can heal this whole city. Now, you mind if I read you something, Brother Hamlet? Now, word on the street is that the crowns got more racks than a cheese factory. Where you think they get all their money from? The pigs run their whole operation. Because what's a rat to a big black jungle cat? When the Panthers are done with the crowns, And she, this is your work, brother. Come on. Dick Trace, I see you traded in your bag. Ah. Nigga, you know not to speak out of time. It's that motherfucker that stole that car. Apologize. If that was us murder mouth and well guns at, huh? We came to y'all headquarters on all. So who do you think wanted that? The pigs, who else? The pigs don't write blood. Them, same having all of us. At least they die for the people. We should be so lucky. I just want you all to know, um, you can thank the Black Panther Party for the increased police presence in your neighborhood. A glorious group of cop killers. I'm about to over here. I could protect myself. I know you can, but you don't got just yourself to think about anymore. Damn, I... Not again. Why you out the ring? Hey, you really give a fuck about these people out here? You're out. You little think it's cool to shoot a cop? Make sure she gets home safe. Today's the day. Today's the fucking day. Again. Down. I saw, I saw. The whole neighborhood came out. Pushers, grannies, crowns, everybody. Anywhere there's people. It's power. Right on.
free. I need everybody to be there to me. I am, I am a revolutionary. revolutionary. They can't never stop the party, let they stop the people. Way too high. Way too high. I'm high off the people. I'm high. I'm high. If you're there to struggle, you're there to win. If you're there not struggle, then goddammit, you don't deserve to win. I'm gonna die of the people. I'm gonna die for the people because I live for the people. I live for the people because I love the people. Well, let me make it plain. Kill a few pigs, get a little satisfaction. Wait on, wait on. Kill some more pigs, get some more satisfaction. Kill them all, get complete satisfaction. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. Dead now. If Fred could be murdered while he slept, remember what can happen to you while you're on your knees facing that bed. There was a, a point that was made in the film when Fred addressed one of the Panthers and the, the attitude that he did have toward one of the women, which I thought was very. Was, was very powerful. And the second thing is I hear young people now say, this is not your, uh, this is not your grandpa's or your grandmama's uh, movement. But the movement, as you look at it and you look at the, the people, they were young people in the beginning. Let's thank God that they lived <laughs> and survived to become old, older, because so many of them were, were killed in their youth. And, but they started out as youth, a lot of them did. And uh, we are grateful to those that are still with us. But I just wanted to emphasize that. And I keep uh, the, the fact that if he was 21 when he was murdered, what was he, 15, 16 when he started? So right. he was in this for, 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 from the big, almost it had to be something that was carried through with him from his, uh, from his adolescent years, from his even elementary years, for him to be the, the power that he was 
at the age of 21. Uh, the other young man that died with him was 22. So what is that right. telling us about the, the, our leaders? And you know, when you talk about them, as you always say, Eric, read, 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 you find out more and understand that these were, they wanted to be long distance runners. Everything that he said, everything that he did, he said was for the people. So I, I, I just wanted to, uh, to mention that as well. Thank you. Yeah, hi. I would like to say, to say hi to everyone. My name is Leonard. I'm coming from the French Caribbean, Guadeloupe and France. I'm a PhD student and I'm researching black political assassination, uh, anti-racist and uh, feminist movement. Um, for me, this movie is very important because obviously it's very didactic and it's bring to many young people who don't know those stories, uh, a text, right? Something to comment on. But as I'm researching many black political assassination and, you know, we keep on having like many activists being murdered. It's like around 350 people being murdered every year uh, all over the world if we just count the, the statistics. Um, I just would like to remind that, you know, there is such a thing right now with being an activist, right? Uh, creating those kind of hero uh, narratives. When I do think that the movie does a very good work and showing that the activism of Fred Hampton was a community organizer. And I'm pretty sure that you spoke a lot about that, but creating a community, create, building people together and not looking for this kind of one man hero narrative, right? I was, very, I was very, very happy to see that the wife had such a strong uh, role also because yes. women are usually yes. being erased yes. uh, from, from the movement. And I'm researching a lot of women activists who become the faces of a movement, but not necessarily like the words and the, the intellectual production for it. So one of the takeaways also is to remind that it's very dangerous to, today to be speaking truth to power, that being an activist needs also a community and a village behind. And we can push people forward to be our representative of the movement, but we need as a civil society to protect them. And I think that sometimes we are pushing people to the danger, but we forget that our role is to be like, as we saw in the movie, that very nice staging, people being just behind him, no, in front of him and just protecting him. That didn't you know, avoid the killing, but at least the image is very strong and this is what we should keep in mind. Hi, this is Akuna. Uh the original question of what does watching this movie make you want to do? This is my second time watching it. Uh, it motivates me to go out with Channing on Saturday uh, for organizing. So I think that's a, a tangible move. But I think uh, more generally just thinking about uh, finding energy to keep going. Because sometimes I liked the way Mel illustrated that up and down that uh, if you're not raised in an organizing culture, you're used to success and achieving. And I think uh, being comfortable with that up and down is something that is new and something that I'm learning. And so I'm watching the film definitely made me uh, re-energize to remind myself of that up and down and to just you know be grateful to be a part of that cycle. Great. There was once uh, 750,000 black people in LA. There's now 350,000. The school system down to 8%. That is the definition of genocide. The forced moving of a people against their will through systematic governmental policy, right? From 
police brutality, to driving Black people out of the workforce, and yes, to arresting and ticketing people for putting their feet on the table, for having a sandwich, for resisting arrest, which simply means, officer, I don't agree with you. So I think it's important to get the students to say right now there are two big fights. Police in the LAUSD schools and the Strategy Center is trying to get a motion passed at the MTA acknowledging anti-Blackness, and we're going to introduce it. Um, if we get it succeeded, I think it's the first government agency that would say we have an anti-Blackness problem, which would be a factor in winning a lot of debates. It could also be a model around the country, forcing government to say, we have an anti-Blackness problem. So I think it's really important for the students at New Roads and other ways, or wherever you're teaching, you're not teaching at New Roads, but wherever they're teaching to say, we move to the front lines of the battle. We all suffer racism, but we don't fight it necessarily in our school. You know, we fight it when the young people were sitting in in um, Greensboro. We all moved against Woolworths. So I think talking to Channing about what people who want to get involved can do, because there's 500,000 bus riders and 650,000 students. And if we win that, you know what I mean? That's big win. Just think about it. But that's a question of forces we need to win that battle. Uh, hi, Bonnie. Nice to be with you for so many years. Um, Bonnie Coleman has been a tremendous, God, civil rights and peace activist her whole life. Uh, you want to say, say something, Bonnie? It's just nice to see you. Sure. Thank you. It's good to see you, too. Um, one of the things this film really struck home with me about is the role of and the evilness of the government. Um, the irony of having Martin Sheen play right. Herbert Hoover was amazing. I mean, Eric, you and I probably have both been on many picket lines and demonstrations with Martin Sheen over the years. Right. But I mean, I remember here in Los Angeles, there was a group specifically to look at police infiltration. Right. In fact, they were infiltrated. Right. And, you know, just the importance of and difficulty of being aware of sort of the who's who around you, particularly, particularly in the Panthers. Um, you mentioned being at Fred Hampton's funeral. I remember being at a funeral of a kid, a kid who was 17 years old. Yeah, okay. Black, but he was a kid, Black Panther here in LA. Um, and just, God, the grief. And I mean, it was shocking and just, I mean, emotionally, you know, just tore me up, but but also the, all of the people around us and the solidarity because the Brown Berets were doing um, security up on a rooftop at uh, Trinity Baptist Church in LA. Um, 
but yeah, it's good to see all of you and, um, you know, knowing that um, my late ex Woodrow was so proud to be a part of the Bus Riders Union, the Strategy Center, and how important the work that he got to do with all of you has impacted the family. So thank you. That means a lot, Bonnie. And, you know, we've had, for those of you who don't know, um, this is our 32nd, 33rd year, and we have attracted some of the most dedicated, brilliant, long distance, revolutionary fighters. Distance, yeah. Uh, like Bonnie Coleman and like Woodrow Coleman. And uh, Woodrow Coleman, if he were here, uh, I know Woodrow, he would see the film and he said, so let's go out leafleting. <laughs> I mean, that was sort of his answer to everything. You know In what I mean? his 80s, by the way. In his yeah. 80s, right. His, 80s. Yeah. his answer is, so let's write a leaflet about this and take it out to the people. Because he really believed our job was to do political education. Yes. So, um, uh, and just let me say, if I feel I'm discouraged for a moment, anybody knows me, knows how committed I am. So there's nothing wrong with on a given moment to say you feel some discouragement here. I don't need a speech about how the revolution continues. I lead that. But some days when they shoot somebody in the head, uh, you don't just feel anger, you feel you know, that's what the system's goal is. And then you pick yourself up and the next morning you go back out and fight. But to not feel that, to not feel when something really bad happens, uh, to sort of make discouragement or even despair out of order uh, is why people quit the movement. Because they feel like I can't even come in. I just had something, you know, they just evicted me. And they don't want to hear a speech from Karl Marx about how the proletariat is. Yeah, they know that. But they just lost their house. And all we can say is, it is very discouraging, but we'll take care of you. You know, which is what uh, they said, what are you going to do about your child? And she said, the party will take care of me and the people will take care of me. And the strategy center did take care of Woodrow. And Woodrow took care of us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new segment of our show, The Revolutionary Symphony. We're excited about it because we love music. And we don't just want to be the terrific themes of Nina Simone, Here Comes the Sun, and then Nina Simone, I Did It My Way, that opens and closes the show. I also don't like playing clips of songs, you know, and then you cut them off and go back to the talk. Last week, we killed it with Channing and I had the immediate same inspiration to do Stimula by the amazing Yuma Sakela, which was a 10-minute revolutionary symphony about the plight of the coal miners in, in just grotesque apartheid South Africa, where he did spoken word, and then he did sounds and then he made his trumpet and he just made the whole world come alive so today we're very excited to play another great song in the revolutionary symphony part of the show it's going to be called Monin. it was done by art blakey and the jazz messengers 
And it was written by Bobby Timmons, who, as you'll hear, is also the lead pianist in this story. This, this song means so much to me that I used it in my book, Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of the Successful Organizer, when I was trying to think how to teach the concept of sings with the choir but finds her own voice. The successful organizer begins by learning collective discipline, the strategic direction of the group, and the organizational culture in which they are situated. Without a clear plan and everyone's allegiance to it, an organizer can't move forward. But there must be room for originality and, yes, individuality. Otherwise, a rigid organizational culture can kill all creativity and excellence and prevent success. A successful organizer must be an adept at negotiating the balance and projecting her own voice while singing with the choir. Now, when I teach at the Organizers Exchange at the Strategy Center, I often use the example of Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers to illustrate the concept of sings with the choir and finds her own voice. The Jazz Messengers were one of the great, impressive, and formative straight-ahead jazz ensembles in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Their signature song was Monin. The number begins with a haunting, soulful refrain that all five members of the quintet play in unison. Then, one by one, beginning with Lee Morgan on trumpet, followed by tennis sax man Benny Golson, and by the way, you got to listen to the handoff between Lee Morgan and Benny Golson. That's amazing. And ending with the pianist and songs composer Bobby Timmons. They deliver brilliantly improvised solos and riffs off the main theme. Each solo is punctuated with drum rolls by Art Blakey, the percussionist and leader of the group. The entire melody is backed up by the rhythmic and harmonic anchor of bassist Jimmy Merritt. At the end of the song, Blakey brings the group together with another drum roll, and they return to the main theme, the reprise, where they end in a powerful, soulful harmony. They make a great choir, but each one is also a soloist, finding his own voice. Sisters and brothers, we bring you Monin by the Art Blakey Quintet.
So you should already be thrilled. You've heard Eric Mann's interpretation. You've heard Channing Martinez's interpretation. You've heard the great Fred Hampton's voice played by Daniel Kaluuya. You've heard Art Blakey and Bobby Timmons. And you're about to hear for the first time Ernesto Arce with the South Central Third World News, which is pretty cool. All this you can't hear if you're not listening to KPFK and supporting voices. You do both by calling 818-985-5735. For $100, you can get a copy of Playbook for Progressive. For $250, you get Portrait of the Artist. And for any amount of money, you get the satisfaction of making a small step in the direction of the revolution. 818-985-5735. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. I know you can do it. With the South Central Third World News, I'm Ernesto Arce with Voices from the Front Lines and our take on news from South Central to the Global South. For starters, thousands of local nurses and healthcare workers held a march for the future of healthcare in Pasadena over the weekend. They're part of a bargaining unit of more than 36,000 employees from California and Oregon that are fighting a plan that would cut pay for new hires by up to 39%. As it is, healthcare workers are totally burned out because of the pandemic and short staffing. Charmaine Morales with the United Nurses Association of California says it's up to Kaiser Permanente to do the right thing and avoid potentially catastrophic disruptions in people's urgent and emergency medical needs. You hear from our members that are registered nurses and other healthcare professionals. You hear about it from others across the country, across the world. They're burnt out, they're stressed out, they need some help, and they're hoping that someone is listening. And we, as we've spoken to our members, that anxiety and that burnout, it, it, it has its limit, right? It's gonna have its breaking point. And with our current bargaining, the proposals from the employer do not make any sense to us. It's not going to help. Um, we need help with staffing. We need to be able to bring folks in. We need to retain qualified, skilled professionals. And we're so far apart right now. It, it's very concerning. The two-tiered system hurts all working people by dividing us and forcing us into one of two camps. The first camp gets more or less the money and benefits that they want, so long as they agree that new hires don't deserve the same. The rally featured leaders from UNAC, UHCP, the United Food and Commercial Workers, as well as the United Steel Workers Local 7600, whose organizer told the crowd at Pasadena City Hall that the demonstration is, quote, a chance for workers across unions and fields to stand together and remind the industry that our solidarity cannot be broken, unquote. In typical corporate fashion, Kaiser Permanente released a statement boasting about having the longest-running and most successful labor management partnership in the nation that pays the best wages in the industry. But Kaiser refuses to budge towards workers' demands, even though they managed to make more than $10 billion during the pandemic. Across the big pond, the UK is hosting COP26, a two-week United Nations annual climate change summit that opened yesterday, where global leaders come together to offer solutions to the climate change emergency. Sometimes their offerings are constructive, and oftentimes corporate lobbies and interests veto these solutions because they say these proposals would kill jobs and stunt emerging economies. Here's the voice of a COP26 protest organizer. 
The expectations are huge. We want firm, concrete, speedy promises. The politicians need to have the courage to disappoint a part of the population. Actually, yesterday the leaders met in Rome and, like many a tourist, threw coins over their backs and into the historic Trevi Fountain. Yeah, a press release mentioned the coins would serve as good luck charms in fighting the climate emergency. A, a coin flip. True story. I tweeted a pic of the magic moment if you want to see. Just follow at Reporter Arce. According to the global campaign to demand climate justice, the summit itself is a local and global public health risk and reflects the inability for COP26 to take place safely as a direct result of the vaccine apartheid that countries such as the UK, the US, the EU, Norway and Switzerland have imposed by taking positions against a World Trade Organization patent exemption on COVID-19 vaccines while rejecting support for technology that would transfer or manufacture programs that would allow access to vaccines in the global south. The consequence to this is that many developing country governments and frontline communities are unable to attend the summit. While each COP is exclusive and unequal to some degree, COP26 is so exclusive that it risks being viewed as completely illegitimate. More on that inequality and illegitimacy next week. Back home, a social media and cop watch activist known by the handle Film the Police LA says he's the target of a harassment campaign for his outspoken and hands-on approach to documenting police and law enforcement misconduct. His work is so fascinating and important that LA Taco is currently producing a documentary on his work. Recently, he exposed an LAPD tactic, or trap as he calls it, to avoid identifying an officer who has had a problematic interaction with someone in the general public, William as filmed The Police LA identifies. Says a desk clerk will ask if the person would like to lodge a complaint against the officer. If the person says yes, the incident and officer is immediately considered under investigation and thus no further information can be given. Williams says his work culminated in a scary incident with officers last month in which he was arrested, assaulted and deprived of his rights for simply filming a police response in Hollywood. We'll have more on William aka Film the Police LA next week. With the South Central Third World News segment of Voices from the Front Lines, I'm Ernesto Arce. Now back to Eric Mann and Chenning Martinez in the studio. So everybody, a pretty amazing show. Thanks to Shaka King and the whole team at Judas and the Black Messiah. Thanks to Art Blakey and Bobby Timmons. Thanks to Ernesto Arce. And thanks to me and Channing for killing ourselves to put out the show. See you next week. All power to the people. On November 9th, we're going to be doing a big show about the uh, Pacifica Archives. So get ready for that. And remember, for $250, which is amazing, you can get the Paul Robeson 4 DVD set called The Portrait of an Artist, which I have... And I've purchased several times, actually. Give whatever you can, because you're mainly giving to Voices from the Frontlines, and you're giving to Fred Hampton right now, and I mean that. And for those of us who are trying to continue his legacy. Take good care, and as Fred would say, and as we always say, all power to the people. And more, much more than this.